0: Welcome to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I'm your co-host Erin
1: Todd. I'm a
0: writer and an
1: intuitive eater. And I'm your co-host, Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. We're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. That's
0: right, our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose.
1: Woo! Woo, yes girl.
0: We are so excited to have Gabe Cox as a guest on the podcast today to share a little bit about her God story, her food story, and about the lessons that the Lord has taught her along the way. Gabe Cox is a faith-based author, podcaster, coach, and the founder of Red Hot Mindset. She's also an RRCA certified running coach and is passionate about pushing others towards their goals and inspiring them to dream huge. Her mission is to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can come out stronger and crush your goals God's way. She used the success principles outlined in her book, Mind Over Marathon, Overcoming Mental Barriers in the Race of Life, to achieve bids to the 2016 and 2020 Boston Marathons. She continues to use these principles as she strives toward new goals in business, raising a family, and mentoring others. We're so excited to have Gabe here on the podcast. And as a reminder for all of our podcast episodes, this program is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Our aim, as always, is to introduce you to the principles of intuitive eating and help you see how those principles align with scripture so you can improve your relationship with food, your body, and God, and cast out dieting for good. (laughs) Today, our guest, Gabe Cox, has red-hot insight to share on the topics of cultivating a mindset of truth and gratitude. So, Gabe, welcome. Charlie and I are so glad you're here with us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here too.
1: We cannot wait to hear your story, your God story, your food story. We know that these stories are usually intertwined. They feed into each other and run together. So um, just tell it however is comfortable for you. And, um, I'm just excited to get to know you, Gabe, honestly,
2: (laughs) I am too. I have, I was really excited to learn of intuitive eating and honestly learned of it through you and Aaron and your podcast. So it was fun to be able to explore it and to learn more about it. Uh, and I think it identifies with where I've been feeling and led recently. So going back a ways, um, you know, I I was a Christian early on. I became a Christian when I was like five years old. And um, you know, really held strong to my faith throughout my younger years, even through college. But in there, we all have our own story of our struggles and where we're being tested or where we're we're feeling like we're getting pulled and uh needing to grow. And I felt like for me, a lot of it came into self-image. Um, I was, you know, a lot, I think a lot of women struggle with fitting in with self-image, with uh, feeling like they have to look a certain way and be a certain way. And I really struggled with that. Uh, starting in kind of middle school, I, I left uh, private school, moved into some uh, charter school, moved into public school. So I was moving and it's funny I say, because I, lived in the same house my entire life, but I went to multiple different schools. So it was just different. You know, it wasn't like we were moving around state to state, but I had to redefine who I was every time I made these moves. And I, as I got into that, uh, worldly culture, I started to feel like I needed to fit in with that culture. And I think that's where the, it might be where the self-esteem started in me Mm -hmm. where I was feeling like I wasn't good enough or I was feeling like I just didn't look the same as everyone else. And I wanted to be that person. Like I wanted to fit in, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) everyone's probably struggles with that. Right. Um, but, and I did, I became kind of popular and that girl, but, and so I kind of was had my faith and I, I was strong in it and I felt convicted in it yet. I would, fall to mm-hmm. the world because I just wanted to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize now I look at it and go, no, we aren't called to be of the world. We're called to essentially be different from the world. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what what are we? We aren't really light or salt because we're no different. Mm-hmm. Um, but then moving into from high school to college, I started really developing this sense of loneliness and frustration and hopelessness and all these things. And Thought it was the blues, just thought I'd get over it, that it was just something, but really realized through um, a series of really bad negative thoughts um, that it was actually a deep depression. Mm-hmm. And within there, I felt the need to control. So, this is going to have some of my eating story along with the faith story because I, the thing I could control was my exercise and my eating. Ooh,
0: and that girl, is what that I felt to too. Do. <laughs> Familiar for me. So I, I relate to this. Yes.
1: I think it's so interesting. Um, like you explaining kind of the tension between I have my faith over here and it's really strong and I feel convicted. And at the same time, I really want to fit in and I feel pulled to this worldly stuff and kind of that tension leading into this place of feeling lonely. Yeah. Of feeling yeah. lost, of feeling sad.
2: Yeah. I think I think when you have those two things when you are in wanting to be two different, they're just pulling at you mm-hmm. and you're never really you don't really know who you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have you're not really defined and you and you don't have the confidence then and can struggle with that. Like it's it's worse than being on one side or the other. Mm -hmm. Because you're just feeling on when you're on the fence. (laughs) It's one of the worst places to be Mm -hmm. Um, because you are you're constantly struggling like no, I know this is right But I want to do this and I you know, there's all these things and and um And that's I think that's part of what started me spiraling down into okay Well, how what's going to help me be happy? What's going to help me get through this and to figure things out and to find out who I am and you think that being able to control some of those things like controlling, Oh, well exercise makes me happy. So let's do that. But then it starts controlling you because you know, and and with food it was like, well, I didn't exercise today, so I'm not going to eat or I ate extra. (laughs) I ate dessert. So now I have to go exercise again to work Mm -hmm. that off. And that was the battle in my mind. And I thought I was the one in control I thought that I was controlling the situation. This was good because it gave me a sense of um, it gave me a sense of control. It gave me a sense of, okay, I can handle this. This is, this is how it's gonna help build my self-esteem if I look this way or if I do this and I I have this control. And then really realizing now looking back that it was a control over me, that mm-hmm. I no longer had that control. And it also, uh, and this is something that Uh, Erin and I talked about on my podcast with her story, but it was an idol. It became an idol because I focused and fixated on what I wanted through the eating and the exercise versus focusing my eyes on God. Yeah, And and I didn't lose my faith, but I felt like, where is God in all of this?
1: That's what I was going to ask. Like, where was your faith with your eating disorder? Like, did you keep God out of that control? Or, you know, I know some people, it's kind of like a right? Like they think they're pleasing God by having this order of exercise and eating. And um, for me, it was something like I just pushed him out of it. Like this is mine to control and I'm not letting you in here. Um, so what was that like for you? Where was God during that?
2: Yeah. I definitely didn't think he needed to be in that. (laughs) I mean, I didn't really push him away. I felt like I was still, you know, I was still having quiet times in the mornings and doing my routines with faith, going to church, doing all these things. So it wasn't that he wasn't a part of my life, but Mm I think I compartmentalized it and decided where he gets to fit into my life. I really
0: noticed that with a lot of people lately, I think, um, and Okay, so what's the thought process with that? Do you think he's not interested in your food and exercise habits or is it just like a separate compartment completely and you don't mix faith with anything else that's not explicitly faith? Like, how is that for you?
2: I think a part of it, I'll talk a little bit mindset on this, is if we don't include him in it, then we don't have to think, we don't have to change what we're doing. Mm, <laughs> and that's true. Okay. So- and I think it should be worldly culture, right, too, because, oh, well, I can believe this way because I'm not going to include God in this or whatnot. And well, no, oh, yeah. if we actually did include it and incorporate the word, uh, we might have to actually change our beliefs or our or what we're doing. That
0: makes so much sense. Yeah. I told, That resonated as soon as you said that. I feel like that is, you just uncovered a lot of <laughs> women's thought process with that. Um, yeah. Great insight there.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think for me, when I like working out and trying to achieve this perfect body was so wrapped up in also like getting that acceptance for having a good body and being attractive and like boys and sex and all of that and so it was all lumped up in this like oh here's my faith and this is all over here and then like I'm not letting God in here because then I know he's going to reveal to me you know, that this really isn't serving him, that I'm really striving after something that doesn't honor him, all of that. It's like, in like a subconscious level, I feel like I knew that. And so I wasn't bringing him into that. Right. I was doing the same thing as you, the morning quiet times and doing the faith things. But like, there's this part of my life that I'm not letting him in.
0: So what happened with that, Gabe? Like how far, uh, how long could you keep him (laughs) out? <laughs> well, it went a
2: while. It was um, it was through college, um, my junior year of college, midway through. I want to say, um, I even started down because that control wasn't enough for me. I was feeling still out of control, and it's like when you get to the point that you wanted to be, or get to the point of skinny, or get to the point of whatever, and you realize that that's not going to satisfy you, then you need something else and okay, there must be something different. Well, I wasn't so deep in that control. And thankfully, I would say I didn't have a really out of control eating disorder because I wasn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have had a form of for sure anorexia or bulimia, but it was the mindset behind it all. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, I would not eat for a few days, but then I would binge on things not good for me, or then I would use it exercise and all that stuff. So it was, I, it still was a control. And it was still an eating disorder. And I still deal with that today. I still have to be mindful and daily (laughs) renew my mind and know who's I am and what steps I need to take to not go back to those places. But the control that I chose to, I didn't really choose. I don't even know how it happened, but I started cutting myself. So then Mm -hmm. it got even deeper and I started having these thoughts of I, I, there's nothing to live for anymore. I'm so hopeless. I'm so, and on the outside, you would have never known. None of my friends knew I was dealing with this unless I let them in. And I hardly let people in. I had such a wall up. Um, I'm not even sure why, but I did. And so people didn't, on the surface, I was popular. I was, I had activity after activity I was involved in. I was athletic, all these things. So people would have just seen me as this cute, successful uh, young adult but inside I was torn apart. And when I had those thoughts, this is where the faith really comes in because I still had my faith. And I was like, God, why? Why am I struggling with this for one? Because I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have to struggle with this. I know you love me. I know these things, but I still had it in there. And I'm having these thoughts of not wanting to live anymore. And that to me was selfish. And I, you know, I would have said in a million years, I never would have done that. But those thoughts are so incredibly real. Mm-hmm. Even though I might not have acted on them, they were so real inside that it almost, I can understand how people get to that point. Mm -hmm. And it it breaks my heart. And that's when I knew that there was a real problem. And thank God I asked for help. That was the point. That was kind of my turning point there, knowing that what I was doing wasn't working and it definitely wasn't God's way. Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: What did asking for help look like? How did you go about that?
2: Uh, I called the mental health services on campus (laughs) and it was interesting. So I still hadn't let anyone in on it. Like my parents didn't know. My friends didn't know. But I called them, it was right before Christmas break. And they actually, the lady on the phone, the secretary said, well, we don't usually take in new patients before a break. And I just lost it and bawled on the phone. And I was like, oh my, because I was in such desperation, I needed something. And she was super wise and was just like, you need to come in immediately. Like she could tell there was something, you know, and that I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't gotten the help before I went to break. Because when I went back to home, I wouldn't have been telling anyone. I would have still had those feelings and I would just kept going the way I was going for how many years I did. So that's what help looked like at first was, um, actually seeking professional help because that's what it's there for. I think sometimes we, even as Christians, you can get caught in the, well, Jesus heals, Jesus saves All these things, so we should only be relying on that. Well, he also, God also created the medical professionals. Yes, girl. You know, so we (laughs) shouldn't feel guilty
0: to use it.
1: (laughs) Amen. 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 amen.
0: Yeah, there's still such a stigma around mental health issues in the Christian community that um, I think needs a lot of work. And so it's so powerful. Um, So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing and speaking into that because it's powerful to say, hey, this is okay. And I saw God's hand all over that when you were telling that story, yeah. God help it just the time when you needed it and were ready. And that is, um, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: So what happened after you started getting the professional help? So that's when they officially diagnosed me with a deep
2: depression, severe depression and anxiety and started working medication. We got on medication and you know, the stigma of that too. It's like, well, you don't want to be relying on medication. But yes, we probably don't want to rely on it forever and you might need to rely on it forever. And are you okay with that if you do need to, but I knew for me, I needed to stabilize. And so I was willing to do whatever it took at that point to do that. And then with that, I knew that I needed to, um, bring God back into my life and back into controlling that situation. And, um, I I think I'm still on a journey of learning how that works and having him control all aspects of our lives and really taking our hands off the wheel. Um, My word for this year is trust. And it's really like understanding how to trust him in all things and trust him in the process, trust his plans because they're ultimate, right? And they're, they're good. (laughs) And so, um, so it started there and I actually started on a journey of uh, personal development, where I love reading. I've always loved reading, but sometimes I'll go to bookstores and I'll just find, I'll surf the shelves and go, okay, what am I feeling like reading right now? And I did that. I went into a Christian bookstore. They said, I need something, uh, you know, to help me figure out what's going on in my mind, you know? And I read, I got this book on the shelf. It said, it's Lord change my attitude. And it was by James McDowell, I believe. But I, you know, this sounded good. I need to change my attitude. <laughs> so I started reading it, but it was all about, um, the Egyptians or the Egyptians, um, the Israelites leaving Egypt and in the desert place for 40 years and how that their attitude, your attitude is essentially the room of your heart. So their attitude is what kept them in that wasteland for so long. And God was right there in the midst of it going, hello, I'm here. I want you in your promised land, but you're not, you're not working with me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got out of that book. It was like, Holy cow. I need to understand really how to let God work in me. And, um, and so that was kind of the, the start of learning and understanding who I was, whose I was and how to develop a positive mindset, uh, in reality as well. Cause I, so I think some people have, well, you always have to be positive and you can never say anything negative and you can't, you know, that's like Pollyanna and that doesn't yeah. really work <laughs> agree.
0: <laughs> so the, the concept of the Israelites in the desert and all of the work that they, they needed to do and the Lord was trying to lead them through, that was making me think of the fire of refinement, which I know is kind of your podcast metaphor, overarching thing. Is that where that came from or or did he give you that message um, elsewhere too? It's a part of
2: it. It definitely is. And because that it resonates with me, I think in all seasons, because we all go through wastelands in different times and they could be a short wasteland, they could be a long wasteland, but it's really us learning how to overcome struggle through Christ um and so i think the refinement it comes with if you think about a silversmith or a blacksmith and how they have to put whatever this ugly thing <laughs> piece, piece of metal into the fire and shape it and mold it and and i would say if the metal had words it would be like oh this hurts don't do that i don't want this you know <laughs> but once it comes out and you see how beautiful it is, like whatever the, the Blacksmith Theater makes a tool that's useful out of this thing that was no longer wasn't useful, or the silversmith makes these beautiful platters or these beautiful things that you eat or drink out of or, or jewelry and things. And it becomes this beautiful piece that you would have never seen. And that's what I think of when I talk about refinement, because um, I say I help women step into the fiery refinement. I'm not refining them. I'm just guiding them into the process because it's God, but to be willing to let God mold and shape us and refine us. And he does that in that desert place where he's helping us to see this is where you're going next. This is your next step. This is how we get there. And to remind us that it's not about us and it's not us who's going to do it. It's not in our own strength. We don't have enough strength to do it. We have to be reliant on him. And I just love how he takes the imperfect he doesn't make it perfect because we're never perfect, right? He's the only essence of perfect, but he takes us, our imperfections, and he turns them into a masterpiece that he can use.
0: Hmm. Amen. I love that. That is such a beautiful picture of how it felt to surrender dieting, go into intuitive eating, and let the Lord work and heal, like you just described it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, is, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm taking that refinement metaphor too hard as- just It just felt true. I love that picture of it. It's such a good reminder too. And I love what you said about you're not the one doing the refining. You're just leading the women there. Because Charlie and I talk about this all the time. It's like we're pointing to something. <laughs> That's really about all we can do. But he will do the rest. And I love that that was your experience um, with uh, healing mm-hmm. and
1: I think that there is so much freedom too in what you said, like when you recognize that you don't have to do this in your own strength, when you realize, Oh, I don't have to be strong enough to overcome this eating disorder. I don't have to be strong enough to like, God will work in me. If I am just willing to team up with him and willing to follow his guidance to, to call and ask for help, to, you know, follow the the advice of, of doctors. Yeah, it's a hard pride thing sometimes to swallow, like, oh, I need to take some medications for my mental health. There's all this stigma and things that come at you. And choosing to say like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to follow here and I'm going to trust here. I love that. That's your word. I'm going to trust here. Um, that's just one of those things for me that when I recognize I don't have to do this, I just have to be willing to go with the flow. I don't, I don't have to muster this from my own willpower. It's like that grace just enables me to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's empowering the The surrender is actually empowering what you think you have the power when you're controlling and it's such an illusion Um, so I love that your story origin just like mine, of course <laughs> We we know now that we've known each other's stories. and Oh the parallels. Oh my goodness Um control is such an illusion and we are not the ones in control and when we think we have it uh, And we think we have this power the power comes from the surrender and letting God do it like That's the only power you need is to get out of the way
1: (laughs) and let him work. I have to point this out, okay, because you, Gabe, you may have just been introduced to intuitive eating, but like you already have intuitive reading down. Like I love that you said, (laughs) I went into the bookstore and I just looked around and said, like, okay, what do I feel like reading? Because that's how we choose what we're gonna eat. And then it wasn't even like, what do I just feel like reading? Then you said, like, what's really going to feed me? <laughs> like, what's really going to be beneficial for me today? Yes. And you picked this book. Like, yes, that's how we choose what to eat. Like, what sounds good? What's looking good? And then like, okay, what's actually going to serve me well? It was like such a perfect I, metaphor. I'm so
0: glad you said that. I forgot to say that, but I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That's how we pick our foods, not just our
1: books. <laughs> I was like, the moment has passed, but I'm not letting it pass. We've got to talk about this. That's incredible. I love that. I
2: love it. Well, and oh. it's almost like um, in all we do, we should be talking with God, right? And we should be right. prayerful about it and say, what do you need from me? What, what do I need to know right now? And I can see when I listen to you talk about intuitive eating, I hear that too. It's really just, what is a real relationship with God? It's that communication. And he's, if you let him lead, he's going to give you your next step. We don't get to see where it ends. We don't really get to see the whole process, but he will give us the next step when we're ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So where did he lead you after, after you started getting the professional help and started, you're in the fire. What, what? was the next step in that for your journey?
2: So I think one of the biggest things he was teaching me through what I was reading and what I was doing and in my quiet times was that I had essentially falsified all these things about me for years. Like I think when you, and actually this is kind of funny because I just listened to your uh, police Challenge office. the food police. <laughs> yes, challenge. so this actually really coincides with that. So go listen to that one because it's really good. <laughs> but it's, it was really about um, you have an, a roommate <laughs> is what you yes, were talking you. about, <laughs> and I have always said that too. I said, "What if?" And I think about this right now. This is what I say: If I, what I say to myself is this something I would say to my kids? Is this something I would say to my best friend? Because if it's not, why do I think I have It's okay for me to say it to myself, and I had done that for years, and and in the probably saying I'm being humble, right? Um, thing. Well, I don't want pride, so I'm not going to say I'm not going to tout myself up. Well, that's not what it, that's not what pride is, um, and that's not being humble. Tearing yourself down and tearing yourself apart is not humility. No, nope. nope. and. God, I mean, if we think about he created us, he created us unique and he created us in his image. And if I'm talking about myself, the way I am, I'm telling him that he didn't do a good job. And that, I mean, sit with that for a second. That is not okay. We were created in his image and we were created because he loved us and for us to love him. And how in the world, (laughs) when you're telling yourself all these terrible things about who you are, can you love anybody, (laughs) you know? And yeah, so that's kind of one of the things that I really learned.
0: That was a huge lesson for me too. And that was the part that made it easy to change because it's like, am I seriously going to tell God he did a bad job and he's wrong? like, no, that is what like that. I guess was the light bulb moment for me where I got to be like, okay, like this is not how I relate to myself. This is not how I think about myself. This is not how I relate to and think about God and what he made. So that's the line in the sand. And it's, um, I love the way you described it too. And thank you for saying like talking to your child and your best friend, because that's just such a relatable, practical, uh, check that we need to filter our daily self-talk through. And, um, be kinder
2: yeah, and, and more really loving
0: like, yeah. to ourselves really and to like, others.
1: <laughs> yes. I really liked what you said about, you know, beating yourself up, tearing yourself down is not humility. And I, I think we've talked about this before, Aaron, but like boasting about yourself and like loving everything about yourself and always thinking about yourself in a positive light is just this, like the other side of the same coin is beating yourself up all the time and talking bad about yourself all the time. Like they're both just focused on you. It's both, it's pride. Like whichever way you want to flip it, it's they're just different sides of the same coin that you're making everything about you. Um, And like where we find this balance and that's something too that like the secular world When we start going from this, like, oh, love yourself, right? Think you're great and just be madly in love with yourself. Well, that's not really what we're looking for either. Where the sweet spot is, is where we kind of become neutral. Right. We don't have to be madly in love with ourselves, right? We just want to be kind of like, we're good. We're kind of like neutral about ourselves. We're God's children. We're created by him. We're here to serve him. Like, we're good.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think that, honestly, I think the worldly culture has self-love wrong (laughs) and that you've become self-care and self-love and it's all about you and it's all about this. Now I do agree that we need to take time for ourselves. We absolutely do. We need to fill and refuel, but the reasoning behind it isn't for self-gain. It's to serve others. Oh, well said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're called to be free. But we're not supposed to use our freedom for selfishness. We're supposed to use it to serve.
0: This episode of Intuitive Eating for Christian Women is brought to you by our podcast workbook. Sisters, did you know we want you to go deeper with this podcast by treating it like an online course? The podcast is free, but when you purchase our $7 podcast workbook, you can turn your listening into living. When you combine the podcast with the workbook, you're basically getting an online course developed by a registered dietitian for just $7. Season one contained our four foundational teachings and an episode for each of the 10 principles of intuitive eating. We unpacked so much, specifically from a faith-based perspective, and it's all just sitting there waiting for you to go deeper. It's not too late. If you're new to the podcast, just go back and listen to season one. Or if you've been here for a while, just go back and listen again and work through the content with your podcast workbook in hand. We specifically designed season one episodes to go with this workbook, so don't miss out on this powerful resource and this incredible value. It's only $7. Get yours today over on our website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. That's intuitive eating for now back to the episode
1: It's like I always think about. Um, praying, spending time with the lord he's he 's filling up your cup with his love and his grace and his peace and his kindness and gentleness and self control and all of that, and the goal is for that to flow through you to other people, not just to fill you up and fill you up and fill you up and fill you up it 's supposed to fill you up and flow through you mm-hmm. to other people, so that 's the purpose of self care or soul care. I always talk about like a christian 's best soul care is time with the Lord, right.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm. I yeah, I always love it when you reclaim the self-care title and <laughs> call it soul care. I just every time it gets to me every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Gabe, you were mentioning um you know, the challenge the food police episode. So I want to know what thoughts you were taking captive. Again, take every diet thought captive is what that episode was all about if you haven't listened to it, check it out. But what was this story you were telling yourself? What was your roommate just running her mouth about that you had to shut <laughs> up with some truth? Let's yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I I teach a lot now and I talk about a lot now because it is We need to trade those lies for the truth because really, in essence, any of those things that are coming in that are not essentially lovely or pure or noble or right, then essentially they're lies. And because if they're not coming from Christ, they're coming from the enemy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that's his biggest weapon. He wants to divide us from him. He wants to cause confusion. He wants to cause self-guilt and doubt and shame and all the things. And I would say all the things that, um, I was thinking were shameful things. And it was kind of like, well, I'm just not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not the person that, you know, I'm just not, I'm not beautiful. I'm not. And honestly, some of those things are just, um, and I don't know if I would say prideful, but some of those things are just worldly in itself anyway. Cause does it really matter <laughs> if I think I'm beautiful? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, you know, I, even in exercise, it was, I just need to keep being disciplined. I'm not disciplined enough. And it's so funny because I was probably the most disciplined person I knew. But and you, you get into these controls and you get into this stuff and you think that you're not what you're supposed to be doing. I'm not successful enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not healthy I wish I were, I I wish I were as healthy as somebody else and doing the comparison game of, well, they have it all together. If only I could just have it all together like that. If only I could just eat all clean foods and be satisfied with that. And because I mean, I still struggle with that these days because you, there's so many different, the culture is you have to do this in order to be healthy. You have to do that in order to be healthy. You can't eat that and you can't do this and you can't have that. And Oh, forgive me for eating ice cream. I mean, that's my favorite treat. Don't take ice cream away from me, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's true. And then you feel, and then it's like, so those were a lot of the lies that I had to, um, combat and even lies of your are Lonely. Nobody loves you. Like, that's where I got to. And I had tons of friends. I was, let's see, at that point, I might've been already dating my future husband. Um, which in essence is also over. like, I was dealing with all this junk and not, I I was completely content saying, I don't ever, I'm good. I don't need anybody else. I finally was content in the love area. And then the next month, God says, "You're going to marry this guy." And I was like, "What? I don't need to add that on top of all the junk that I'm going through, you know? Because anyway, he put in. you in the
0: fire, girl., sure did, you know, and
2: honestly, that caused a lot of red flags for, you know, our pastor who married us or his spiritual mentor thinking this isn't going to work. You guys shouldn't get married, you know, but we both felt very strongly that God told us we needed to. So we kept moving forward. 15 years later, we're doing okay. <laughs> but I mean, it, looking back going, what in the world? What? We would have never known that was God's plan. I mean, I would have never, ever, but those thoughts were still so real and I had to trade them for the truth. And really, I know this is, oops, sorry, it's loud. (laughs) No worries. Um, No, no, but, um, but learning what that meant. And I think in worldly culture, it's, I am something, and then you trade it for a truth, but an I am statement. But honestly, that's essentially just worldly. It's almost, it's a new agey practice of affirmations and affirmations are self-serving. But we still need to trade it. So I chose to bring in God's truth, which is God's word and his promises, because his word never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so in order to really know who I was and who I am, I needed to bring in scripture. Mm -hmm. So I went and looked for verses that went with, um, the things I was feeling. So to change that lie to the truth, that's what I did. So, um, you know, one of the things was I am not worthy and though I don't believe we are innately worthy because God through Christ, we are made worthy, but we are a child of the King. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that is where our worthiness comes from. So changing that lie to that truth
0: helped me to see who I am. Mm -hmm. So on a practical, like running, you know, the silencer, putting up the hand to the roommate, how are you practically applying that truth in your day-to-day living? Like, what is your personal? How does that look like for you in your life?
2: Yeah. So I actually um, have done an exercise with it. And I, I kind of every day do this practice. If I know there's different negative thoughts that come that are new, or if they're ones that I've had. Um, and this is something that I would tell listeners to do as well is to take a week or so, and just write down any of the negatives that come like any of the lies that you're telling yourself and write them down. And then it's not to like remind yourself of them, but it's so that now take that lie and change it into a truth. And then I like to keep that, those truths somewhere like in my journal or in my Bible so that when I'm having those problems, when I can see myself spiraling back down, I can go look at those and go, no, this isn't who I am. This is who God says I am. Mm-hmm. And they're, because they're biblical truths, um, they are true. Mm-hmm. And it's not me trying to tell myself and believe it, till, till I believe it myself, this is actually who I am. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, something that has helped me and I've shared with people before is sometimes even looking at the biblical truths. you say like, okay, God, I know this is the truth because your word is saying that. And I'm still having a hard time believing this about myself. And so there's kind of like this stepping stone um, of saying out loud, maybe, maybe you can't, maybe you don't quite get like, in Christ, I'm worthy. Like you get it mentally, but you're not feeling it. Like say out loud, God help me to believe that in Christ, I'm worthy. Say out loud, I am working to believe that in Christ, I'm worthy. Cause it's once it's a step away from, I'm not worthy saying, I want to believe that I am worthy. I'm trying to believe that I am worthy. Um, cause so if you're having a hard time jumping straight from the negative to the truth, find that stepping stone of, you know, I want to believe God Help my own belief.
0: I totally agree with that. And that's like the extra layer saying it out loud. Also, for whatever reason, I think even more powerful than saying it out loud for me was writing it with pen on paper. Like (laughs) it's sinking in like i'm reading it. Okay. Now i'm going to read it out loud Now i'm going to write it down now i'm going to declare it and take ownership of it and pray into it and it's like giving that one truth Layers of depth and you're just like building your foundation on that. Um, it's never enough to just read it Say it out loud. Talk, talk back to your roommate with scripture, y'all. <laughs> I agree because that actually, so
2: one of the other books that I read, and it's not a Christian book, but it was called um, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself Ooh. and by Chad Helmstetter. Really great book. But what it really helped me learn is that when a negative thought came, I needed to speak to it positively. So I needed to actually speak out loud. Mm-hmm. And that is true because when you are speaking out loud, you no longer are thinking whatever it was. That's the only way to negate a negative thought is to speak something out loud. Mm-hmm. And when you speak it, you're declaring it. Mm-hmm. And I just, to me, declaring God's promises is what I want to do because um, that is me saying, I know whose I am. I know that you are in control and I believe you. I might not believe it for myself yet, but I believe you. Mm-hmm. So help, help me believe. So like you
0: were saying, Charlie, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love that distinction that fills, that bridges the gap between like, you know, and I always think about it as like, it's going from your head to your heart and you're really feeling it and believing it. And then like out your hands as you like live it and touch it and grab and do take action with it and take ownership with it. So, um, ah, that's so good. I love that really good practical, um, replacing truth with lies. And I don't know if you knew this, but principle one of intuitive eating is reject the diet mentality. And between that and the challenging the food police, I mean, that sums it up. You're doing this without like, it's so (laughs) in line with scripture. (laughs) I love that you found that and lived it and know it to be healing in your own life without even having, uh, done it as an intuitive eating practice, because it's just a biblical practice.
1: Mm -hmm. Something that's sticking out to me, Gabe, too, is the grace and compassion that you're, you're accepting this grace for yourself, and you're giving yourself compassion in the, I, sometimes I still struggle with this. Sometimes I still have to go back to these lies and remind myself of the truth and I think it's so important for people to hear we didn't just like recognize these lies and decide on the truth and then like move forward and and things are good because I mean there, for me, there were years of trying to work through this stuff and then the negative thoughts would come and I'd be mad at myself that they came. So then I'd have more negative thoughts and I would just like beat myself up. It was this big battle and when I allowed, when I accepted the grace for that and gave myself compassion of, you know what, sometimes there's still going to be hard days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're still going to encounter your depression. Sometimes you're still going to feel anxious. Sometimes you're going to have these thoughts or whatever the thing is. And, and, and it's Okay. There's room for that in your life. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean all this work you've done is not. It doesn't mean you're not qualified to help people work through their thoughts or any of those things. Um, I see that grace in you, Gabe. I see it in your face as you're talking. I, I, I hear it in your voice that it's okay. To not be okay. And when that happens, instead of falling down the path of, I had this negative thought, now I'm gonna have more negative thoughts, and I'm bad, and I suck, and I stink, and this is awful, you can kind of like nip it in the bud. I recognize I'm having a bad day with these negative thoughts. I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna go to the truth. I'm gonna meet God there. I'm gonna pray through it. I'm gonna give myself some grace. And then you kind of start moving back up.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I could even give you an example because in 2018, I, so I'm an avid runner. I love running. I slipped on black ice and broke my ankle real, really bad, (laughs) like really bad and had surgery in the new year, found out it was worse than I thought off running for six months. My first thought, I have to control my eating. That was Mm -hmm. my first thought. I was like, well, if I can't exercise as much as I am, not that, you know, I've overcome that and I've healed. But at the same time, when something happens, when a struggle comes, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be tested. And so Mm -hmm. that was my first thought was how do I control that eating? I'm going to have to eat less or I'm going to have to eat better or I'm going to have to do this because I don't want to gain weight. That was my first number one. I don't want to gain weight. Mm -hmm. I can't run for six months. What am I going to (laughs) do? And I, thankfully, because I worked through this year's past, I had the tools So now it was up to me to decide, am I going to use those tools to get through this? Or am I going to let myself spiral back to that place? I never want to go again. So it's really about building that tool belt and having those things for when you need them. Because, like you said, it's going to come. And honestly, it's a daily battle. Something's going to happen and something's going to hit you. And you have to be willing to take up that armor, right? We're called to have the armor of God and to use it to fight. Whatever it is that's testing us,
0: that must have been a really tough season with healing from the broken ankle. And I'm just curious what your um, what your relationship to your body was like in that. And did you learn anything new with the broken ankle? And did you experience gratitude for like the rest of the body that was working pretty good and not broken uh, in terms of a broken bone? And just like what did that look like? And how did you pivot? with uh, your movement. Because I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong there, I'm assuming if you're a runner before, you probably really missed that experience of running and being, you know, benched from that more or less. I, I imagine, I equate that to an athletes. And I know so little about running because it hurts me so. And I feel like mm-hmm. an old lady when I do it. And I don't understand it. But I, I, I keep meeting uh, lovely women like yourself, Gabe, that just are runners? I'm like, okay, that's not for me, but I get it, and I want to know what you love about it. So start there, please. Tell us about the running. You want to know something though? In high school, I hated running. I was a
2: basketball player, and I loved running in basketball because there was something you were doing. But I was like, y'all are crazy running just to <laughs> run. Oh, seriously! And I took up running essentially as a form of control in college, and I, so it was I, kind of my punishment. <laughs> um. But it was interesting how when God healed me, as I was being healed and transformed, he transformed my running to be a peaceful reflection time. So it's like my time with him. And I get a lot of revelations and things in my running time. So now it's become this, um, joyful time. So it's really interesting how it has, now that doesn't happen for everyone. It's okay. If you don't like running, you just find what you like to do and you do that. <laughs> but that's kind of how it worked for me. It was kind of a transition and now I love it. And now I use it to set goals and it's cool to see how, and when I hit goals and running, it helps me in all areas of my life. And God has used that as a tool for me as well. And, um, but when I, when I was told I couldn't run for six months, I was devastated. I was like, Oh my gosh. Because I mean, I run almost every day. I run six days a week usually. So I didn't know what to do in a way, but, and it was almost a year before I really got back to running. Cause I forgot that you actually have to learn how to run again after six months of not running. And it would be a run for 20 seconds, walk for five minutes, kind of a thing, you know, and I'm still actually healing. My foot is still stiff two years later. Two yeah, two years, and I can. It still has pain. It still has issues. I'm starting to feel back to normal, but it took two years. Mm-hmm. And um, in that season, it was hard watching my friends run. It was hard, and I was also like, "Don't slip on ice. Be careful." You know, I would just ah, because I don't run on ice. I have to preface that I don't run on ice. It was black ice. It was a really nice December day. <laughs> so, but at the same time, I. Was thankful, and this is where gratitude came in that I didn't only have running because I think, and this is where idols come in because running could have been, and it probably has been in my life, an idol before, but it wasn't at that time because I had other things I was passionate about and other things I was doing. Oh. Sorry if you heard that. Um, and so, that in itself was a blessing because it helped me get through that season. Because if it, if running were my everything, which honestly an idol is anything that replaces God in your life, right? So if running was my everything and not God, I would have never gotten through that situation.
0: Wow. Man, I can't help but think of a couple of other strategically placed um, injuries or sidelined or just seasons where you're disrupted in your pattern and you learn something new from that. And so I'm just wondering, um, other than the gratitude and recognizing that, yay, this is not my only tool here. Like, did you learn anything from being, um, from being forced to take a break? Oh gosh. (laughs) I learned a lot of things. Um, Honestly, I don't say
2: God didn't cause the injury, but he definitely used it. Yes. And one of the main things he used was Slowing me down, and he said, You have way too many priorities in your life, and so nothing is really a priority. And so he helped me see that I was in, I worked on multiple facets of jobs, I homeschool my kids, I am a run coach, like there. I just had a lot going on. And he said, You are trying to now you're not controlling your food and your other things, you're controlling your finances, you're trying to control. When something happens, you're the one that takes on an extra role. You're the one that does this and that. And you are not going back to the word of trust, you're not trusting me in this. And so he taught me that I still had control issues. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've had control issues probably my whole life. So, but, and he also taught me that just because I had an injury doesn't mean I'm going back to that place. Just because something happens doesn't mean I have to go there. One, it's my choice. I get to choose, and that's what's beautiful about it. Now, is it hard? Is it a hard choice? Yes, but I got to choose. And he also taught me that I could keep doing what I was doing mostly. I mean, I probably did eat less because I wasn't running as much, so I didn't need as many calories. I wasn't as hungry, but I wasn't gaining weight. I did gain a little bit, but it wasn't like this surmountable thing that was going to make a huge difference in my life. So he helped me to see that in the grand scheme of things, that really didn't matter. And, um, that was a huge breakthrough for me, but definitely the simplifying, he taught me that, that I needed to stop and stop taking control and let him
1: work and trust him in all things. Aren't our bodies so awesome. (laughs) Like God is, he designed us so beautifully that like, I just love I love that you're honest about my first thought was, oh my gosh, I'm going to gain weight. What am I going to do? And then you chose, it was so hard, but you chose to let it go, right? You chose to trust him and let it go. And your body naturally, if you're not expending that energy, decreased your appetite a little bit, you're going to gain a little bit of weight. If you know, you're going to gain a little bit of weight if you're not moving as much. And as you're but it was okay. Your body was fine. It wasn't some big drastic thing. It didn't, it didn't alter your life. Your body figured it out and you figured it out. And um, I think like, that's really what intuitive eating is all about is we don't get to control our bodies like we think we can with food and exercise and we don't get to control our health as much as we think that we do with our lifestyle choices. Um, God's really in control and he really designed our bodies to tell us when to eat and when to move and what feels good. And, um, so I, I just love that you're just being introduced to intuitive eating, but it's, you, you, you get it.
0: Oh, yeah. She gets it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it is a mindset thing. Like intuitive eating is all about mindset mm-hmm. and lifestyle and following what you're feeling led by the spirit, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. so I can see how that all interplays
0: because that's what our life should be reflected on. It is a mindset. It is being led by the spirit. Mm-hmm. I love that you um, framed it to at the end there, and, and how you were describing it as is, is a choice, and you get to choose. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I felt so—it's uh, such an empowering thought to recognize that patterns of behavior, though they may be strong and though they may have years of history, like ultimately, you're choosing it. And it's such a beautiful example of you getting to walk through an, another trial and recognizing that it's a choice again and being encouraged by the lord that you're right in that it's like okay i get to choose to apply the truth here and put on well all the things that i've learned and not like not see a trial as a complete backslide and be uh, it's just it's beautiful how he used that to speak to you about priorities Mm -hmm. and simplification of life i think we could all use a reminder to, um, and how challenging it is to check our priorities. I needed that reminder today. So thank you for talking about priorities. I think I constantly need that reminder and I love, um, I'm seeing more parallels. Shar, did you notice it? It was like, okay, well it was, if it's not my control of my food and body, it's going to be the control of finance or performance, whatever you want to characterize that as. And that is, Gabe, that has been our experience with this as well, because um, once you recognize that you have a little idol factory for heart, we do, let's just call it what it is. It's okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) to know that it's probably going to tempt you to exert those same negative patterns in another area. Once you get victory in one area through God working in you, you're just going to kind of try and get your control back in another area and you get to re um, reapply all of the things you've learned into a new area. And so eventually I know Charlie and I like to talk about this as intuitive eating um, then became intuitive podcasting, <laughs> intuitive ministry and intuitive living as we take these Like core life lessons that the Lord teaches us through eating and running and our quiet time and apply them in one area successfully and then Get to choose to apply them to another area when it comes up and it equips us to live these spirit-led lives Um, And I just I think it's so cool to see that um, in your story Um, so (laughs) it's just so cool that it's an intuitive eating story, whether you (laughs) realize it or not so is and okay, but I want you to talk to us a little bit about gratitude because I know, um, that is part of uh, the powerhouse of red hot mindset is, um, using gratitude as a tool, um, in in the mindset arena. So share with us a little bit about uh, how that has looked for you.
2: Yeah, so going back to that book that I picked up off the shelf, the Lord changed my attitude. Uh, really, what it came down to was the Israelites, rather than having gratitude for what they were provided, they complained. They chose to complain. Well, we don't have we don't have the right food, and we don't have the right drink, and we don't have an idol to worship, and we don't have all these things. But God was providing the whole time. So if they would have just seen that and recognized it for what it was then they may have been content in that situation and really allowed God to lead. And to me, in my season, as I was overcoming the control and um, the depression, I learned that when I saw the good in my life, because there's always something, we can always look in our day and find something to be grateful for, no matter how hard our season is. And whether it's even just, I'm alive, you know, or whatever it is. That when I started focusing on the things I was grateful for, it helped change my mindset and helps that negative turn more into positive and help me to be content. Like Paul says, I've known what it is to have a lot and I've known what it is to have little and I know how to be content. Mm -hmm. And that contentment comes with gratitude, being grateful for God's provision. Because God doesn't say you're going to get everything you want, but he does say he will provide for Mm -hmm. all your needs. And it's, are we willing to wait on him for his timing? Are we wait, willing to wait on him to see how it's going to unfold and be in the unknown? Cause the unknown is scary. And, um, and that's what gratitude is. And so honestly, in that season, I started a gratitude journal and I just wrote down every day. I tried to come up with something I was grateful for. Um, and some days it was really, really hard. And I just had to say, you know, I'm grateful that I made it through today Mm -hmm. and, or I'd look back, but I would do it where it was that day or the day before. So it was always in the season and not for something from a long time ago, Mm -hmm. because it really, it's about being where you're at and being present and to really see what is that. And when you start seeing those gratitudes, you start just loving where you are and the joy comes. Maybe, you know, happiness is fleeting, but joy is from your heart and it's in, you can be in a tough situation and you can still exude joy. And that's what gratitude brings. And honestly, I have done it. There was a really hard season I was going through one time and it was, this has nothing to do with eating, but our relation my husband and i were in a hard relationship at the time i didn't like him <laughs> and so what i decided to do for myself and I, and i was in the middle of raising three really little kids i was working full time i was homeschooling i was doing all these things in my busy seasons um granted that's probably why i was having the feelings i was having but I chose to do a gratitude journal for 30 days and I chose to pick one thing I liked about my kids or one thing I was grateful for, one thing I was grateful for, for my husband. And one thing I was grateful for in my life every day. And that was hard because some days I didn't like him at all and I had to come up with something, but it helped change my mindset. And then after those 30 days, I liked him more than I did when we got married because it just changed my perspective. Because when you're always looking at the negative or the flaws, you're always going to see those. But when you choose to look for the positive, it'll help change that direction and really helps God change you. <laughs> God didn't change my husband and he changed me.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's so simple. And I've done seasons of gratitude journaling and I found it to be as profound as you're describing. And yet I fell out of the habit of it. You have inspired me (laughs) to do that again because like we were talking about before too, just the process of writing it out and maybe even, hey, if you're going to go the extra mile there, say it out loud or bonus points, maybe even say it (laughs) to the hubby or kiddo if it's appropriate. Like their um, gratitude is powerful and I love that your experience with that really speaks to how transformative it can be. Yeah.
1: So I know we're getting close to time, but I feel like I have to talk about this. Okay, go for it. So um, so my word this year is and. And it has been extremely freeing for me to realize that I am allowed to be two things at once. So and and you talked about this a little bit in the beginning of our talk, like It's not that you always have to be positive and everything has to be great and you have to pretend that the things that make you sad don't make you sad or whatever those things are. It's not like everything has to be gratitude and I have to be happy. All that, like you said, happiness is fleeting, right? Um, Like that good vibes only thing. I really don't enjoy that because the true human experience Includes sadness and God welcomes our sadness and it includes our disappointments and it includes whatever those things are so And I used to feel a lot of shame if I felt sad or um for like in my past if I Was dealing with depression or anxiety it was like, oh this makes sense because I'm experiencing xyz in my life and in the last year or so, if I was struggling with depression or anxiety, I was like, what is wrong with me? My life is great. And now, and I'm having this. So what the heck? And it really helped me see that I'm allowed to be both. I can be, and and I pray this way to God and I do this in my, if I'm journaling and it really helps me. I am really sad about X, Y, and Z and very thankful for Da 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 da. Mm -hmm. I and you can be those things at the same time, even sometimes when they contradict themselves. Does that make sense? Yes. Totally. So there's space for this, and there's space for this, and you get to you get to say, I am clinically depressed and I feel depressed. And I'm going to make the choice to use some of these tools to work on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sad about this. And I'm grateful for it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really sad that I broke my ankle. And I'm so thankful that it showed me that running's no longer an idol in my life. And it showed me these priorities that you get to be both. Mm -hmm. You get to feel both of those things.
0: I have to chime in here with the and for me because that I, and I knew, I think I knew that was your word this year. Makes so much sense. But that uh, message was pressed in on my heart with the quote. Um, and you actually mentioned this earlier, Gabe, about uh, being a masterpiece. And it's like you are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And that's the and part. And it's like there are not it's not mutually exclusive like those things can exist together there's space for all of that there is grace for all of that and on the mindset piece being able to see yourself as both god's creation and therefore a masterpiece and being a work in progress and seeing yourself in the fire and knowing you need to be in that fire for probably a minute <laughs> or two <laughs> to get all of the purification the lord wants to do to really um Really change your heart and really make you more like him. And it's like those things go together. So I think they're light and is life giving. It is not either or, it is and. And I'm so glad that just fell into the conversation today. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) That was beautiful. (laughs) I love that
1: game. I'm so thankful for you being here today. Like, this is so life giving to me and encouraging to me podcast or rec- podcast recording is the best.
0: <laughs> it yes. just feels Yes, well we've got to get Gabe, we've got to get your take. We've got some final questions before um, we let you share about where everybody can find you and um, let's let's hit her with our new favorite question, Charlie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> our rapid fire questions. Well, let's
0: Gabe. let's do the classic.
1: Oh. oh, oh, yes.
0: Coffee or tea and how do you take it? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I don't like coffee
2: worth anything. Uh, the smell, taste, anything. But tea, I do like the cinnamon spice. There's like a spice tea. I will drink that.
0: Okay. okay. But I prefer hot cocoa. Okay. Hot there cocoa. it is. Right. I love that. I love that you're not on the coffee bandwagon because you don't like it. Hello. That's intuitive eating. It's like yeah. Every American drinks coffee, except Gabe.
2: <laughs> she and you know it's funny? Because I used to think I had to. I was like, I'm going to try it cold. I'm going to try it with cream. I'm going to try it with sugar. I'm going to try it with everything.
0: And I, nope. <laughs> oh. Oh. yes. That's such a good illustration there. I just, I, <laughs> I love Three, that. Chocolate, girl. <laughs> Enjoy the hot cocoa. All right. We're going to pepper you with some rapid fire questions here. So they're just a funny, lighthearted way um to end. And you've actually kind of given the answer to one of these already, but <laughs> cake or ice cream. I think I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? Ice cream? Anything chocolate. Okay. What's your favorite way to spend a spring weekend? Ooh, spring weekend. Um hiking. Okay. What's one gift? from god you are grateful for today i'm grateful that he gave me a gift of writing mm. i love that okay get up early or stay up late
2: definitely early
0: and what is the first song or track of any kind on your running playlist
2: ooh that's a good question because i don't really listen to music i actually listen to podcasts when i run but i do have one i like um Vlogging Molly a mile from home is actually one of my last ones on my playlist, but I don't know what's on my first, what's first on my playlist.
1: What podcast do you listen to while you're running?
2: Oh, I listen to lots of them. I listen to yours when I run. <laughs> um, <laughs> intuitive Eating, I've started to listen to. I listen to one of my favorites is Stephanie Gass, Mompreneur Mastermind. She's a Christian-based podcaster. Love her. Love her. I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like to listen. If I didn't get to go to church, I'll listen to our church podcast. And um, God, I have so many. And oh, I do listen God. to some running ones. Not Another Runner is mm. one of my favorites. She's out of the UK. Cool. Love.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, tell us where, um, where listeners can find you online and what your awesome resources are that, uh, that you have available right now. Yeah.
2: So easiest way is www.redhotmindset.com is my website. And you can find pretty much anything there. But I'm also at Red Hot Mindset on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. And my podcast is Red Hot Mindset. But one of my biggest things that I have right now is a free program called Uniquely You, and it's about discovering yourself and your dreams, and really understanding who you are in Christ. And so, if you do have issues with um, the lies and the negative, that's a really great resource, and you can find it on my website. Um, But uh, but that's this the trading the truths, the lies for the truth is one of the things that's actually touched on in there.
0: Awesome. We're going to link to that in the show notes and all your social links and websites and everything. So the listeners can come and check you out. And we're just so, um, so happy you got to be here with us today to share your heart and what God has been showing you. And it's just such a stories are so powerful. So thank you for sharing your story with us. And uh, would you mind closing us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. I've been
2: honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I have gotten a lot out of the show, so I know your listeners are too. So, but I think just setting us free of that diet mindset is amazing. So yes, I yes. love what you're doing, but I would love to pray <laughs> to finish us up. Thank you. Dear heavenly father, I just come before you thankful for Aaron and Charlie and all that they're doing with the intuitive eating podcast and helping set women free from the diet culture and to really understand what it means to be spirit led in all areas and especially in eating and exercising. And I pray for these women that are listening, that you will just, um, help them to see if there's any area in their life that they have Um, taken control of or have an idol that they need to just lay before you and surrender. And Lord, help them to see that the surrender is so beautiful and that you will take their mess and turn it into a message or into your masterpiece that you can use to further your kingdom. And I just pray that we are willing to do that and we're willing to really listen to your still small voice and to obey when we're told what we need to do. I thank you so much for just the gift of choice and the gift of freedom that you've given us and for your love, your everlasting love. And I thank you that you made us in your image and that we are a beautiful masterpiece to you in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. We hope today's episode has blessed you. If it has, the most helpful thing you can do in return is go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing about how this podcast has impacted your life and we love how that simple act of leaving a review can help other women find us. Thanks so much for listening to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women.
1: This podcast was produced by O'Shoot Productions and made possible by the grace of God and the support of women like you. Thank you for being a part of the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women community. We'll see you in the next episode.